Welcome to Podcast 83, a regular look at the news, stories, and trends related to Michigan's 83 counties from the Michigan Association of Counties. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Podcast 83, the podcast put on by the Michigan Association of Counties. I am Dina Bosworth, the Director of Governmental Affairs. And today we have with us Stacey Hissong, who is a partner at Fahey Schultz, Berzick and Rhodes. Um, every once in a while, Max does um, a deep dive into particular issues to give our listeners um, a little bit more information on certain topics. Stacy just happens to be what I would call the foremost expert on oh, legal drain work. How about that? Legal drain work. She's dedicated her career to helping our drain commissioners and water resource commissioners across the state manage stormwater. Um, and so today we are going to talk a little bit about sort of what is happening across our state, what has been happening for quite some time, and that is, you know, excess flooding and how um, local units, what the tools they have now to deal with it. Um, and then some legislation that we hope will give them some more tools uh, to help them manage water and, and really save our residents from all kinds of flooding problems or, or at least mitigate some of that damage. So with that, Stacey, why don't you um, talk a little bit about, you know, sort of your background. I mean, you've been on here before, but I don't know if everyone's listened. Talk a little bit about, you know, the work that you do and what you see as the problems that we're facing across the state. Sure, well, good morning. Um, so I'm Stacey Histong. I'm with the law firm of Fahey Schultz, Bursick Rhodes, but I serve as general counsel and legislative counsel for the Michigan Association of County Drain Commissioners. So in addition to working with the MACDC, our law firm represents, oh, I want to say up around 60 counties in helping them with drainage um, infrastructure. And I have been doing this for over 25 years. I know everyone's jealous. I've been doing it for over 25 years. You don't look it though. Oh, some days. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about sort of what you're seeing out there as far as, you know, our ability, our local ability to manage water. Sure, so drainage has, is a big issue with our state. Um, we're the Great Lakes state, and so we have unique problems that other challenges that other states don't have. So out west, it may be a lack of water. Um, in many years, that's the opposite problem for us that we have to navigate through. And so um, we have many, many established drains in the state of Michigan. We're the only state with a drain commissioner. Um, that's an elected countywide official, and for good reasons, we are heavily dependent on drainage in this state. And so when you're trying to keep up with infrastructure, with drains that were established during the Civil War, um, it is difficult. And drains are different than other utilities. Sometimes people forget they're a utility and infrastructure until you flood. And so um, drains don't work on municipal boundaries. That depends on um, the topography in the area. It's, it's by watershed, not by municipal boundaries, which brings unique challenges to trying to manage stormwater. Yeah, and so, you know, I mean, you've talked before about, you know, sort of the lack of, of 
you know, wetlands that when we built, you know, up in the state, we had to dig and dig and dig just to drain it to build it. Um, you know, but, you know, some of the other problems that you see is not just, you know, the age of the infrastructure, but it's the amount of development, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and why does that matter? Okay, so with drainage, when water falls on your property, it needs to go somewhere. And so the first place we, we hope it goes is into the, into the ground and it infiltrates, which if you have a vacant undeveloped piece of land, then there's room to do that. Once you develop and you take soil where the rain hits soil and you change it to parking lot, driveway, rooftop, then there, there is no room for infiltration. And, and so that creates bigger challenges for our dreams. Every time there is construction or development, it changes the drainage patterns and provides less opportunity for that infiltration. And that's a big deal for our state. If your counties were to Google hydric soils in Michigan and use the map that the state of Michigan has to show what the soils in their county looks like, um, you'd be, your mouth would drop, your jaw would drop. Like I just did that for Macomb County. It's all hydric soils are huge amounts of it, meaning it used to be wetland, it's very hard to drain. And the more development you have, the more challenges it is to deal with that stormwater. So currently, how do we deal with stormwater? I mean, we just, we, we have drains, right? old drainage infrastructure i'm thinking you know you drive down the road you know out in the country you see these roadside ditches is that the only way we drain the water no so we deal with stormwater in a whole variety of ways here in michigan um yeah so the big one is open open ditches streams and water uh, streams and rivers can also be established as county drains but if you were to drive through like huron county you have a, a drain next to the road because that's how they were able to build the road and that's how we convey water and they were sized originally for the way the land laid at the time and so as more subdivisions improvements come in maybe those ditches aren't sized right and we need to improve them then we have detention basins and things like that in in subdivisions and if they're not managed right it they they don't work anymore just like a vacuum filling up a vacuum cleaner bag. And once it gets full, it doesn't work anymore unless it's cleaned out. And then you have pipe, underground pipe that also conveys water. And in the more urban areas, you see a lot more of that. And so there's a whole myriad of ways that work together to try to deal with um, our stormwater situation. So that brings us to what we're working on now. Because, you know, that's what we have. Those are the tools that we have. That's what the drain commissioners do is they try and manage that infrastructure, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they they only can work on the drain, right? Or right, or right next code. to it. Yeah, under yeah. the drain code, it's set up for a drain itself. There can be some detention basins if they're directly connected to the drain, but it's it's that's the only way there really is in the drain code to drain water. And once we're fully developed, plus that's what we needed to do when our state was originally, you know, being developed. Drain water as quick and as fast as you can. And who who cares as long as you're getting off of the 
field so you can build houses, convert um, vacant land to uh, housing or to farmland, etc. And we didn't, all that mattered was let's get it out down the road, down the drain, so to speak. Now we're concerned about water quality and with each development, it becomes harder to use that same drainage system to use this. So we have to switch from draining as fast as we can, as quickly as we can to managing water. And we need to use pockets of storage throughout the entire watershed to better manage the water. Okay, so we've got uh, some legislation that's been introduced. Um, House bills 4382 and 4383. Um, Representative Christine Morse from Kalamazoo and uh, Representative Kurt Vanderwall. Um, it's a package of bills that we, you've been working on for quite some time now, and we're, we've gone around and done some education with legislators on it, but I really want our members to understand kind of what this is and why. So, you know, because of the limited area the drain commissioners are, are able to work on and the way the water flows you just said it doesn't flow by municipal boundaries so it's not like the city can take care of it necessarily or just the township can take care of it um and and currently we're waiting basically for the water to flow into the drain right we got to wait until it goes through your subdivision your road you know, your parking lot, your farm field, and then we can we can drain it. If, the, if there's concrete, it's 10 times worse. So talk to us a little bit about this idea of managing stormwater better. All right, so it's just adding some tools to the toolbox besides the limitations of the current drain code. And the drain code has served us well and can, will continue to serve us. But as we develop as a state, we need more than those tools. So I, I give this analogy to several people. I have a 1956 toolbox, the drain code of 1956, that hasn't had a much major upgrade and no, no tools in our toolbox for drainage. So that's like trying to fix a Tesla with a 1956 toolbox. The, the right tools or all the tools you need aren't in that toolbox. And so additional tools that we're looking at are things like rain gardens, buffer strips and agricultural areas, regional detention, um, you know, a number of different best management practices that can help better manage water, taking over some of these old detention basins that don't work um, in a way that will take some of the stress off the drains, which therefore should reduce flooding, and then hopefully also improve our water quality because it's not going straight to the drain with all the nutrients and sediment and everything that comes with it when it goes there very fast. We can we can slow that down, let those drop before they get into our water. And, and so that's what we're hoping to do, but then also to help educate property owners and local municipalities with the best things to do to deal with it and to prevent problems in the future by working with townships and cities on ordinances for stormwater and then help educating our landowners um, with what they can do on their very own property to help us manage water better. So everybody hears, you know, everybody, those who have had assessments, they're like, well, I don't understand. Why am I paying to deal with water? And, um, you know, we, we face this challenge all the time when we talk about, you know, some of the work that drain commissioners do. And I know they get a lot of pushback from many property owners who don't understand how we 
pay for drain. And so it, it's based on assessment. Um, and, and often we hear, oh my goodness, you know, drain commissioners have the ability to, you know, assess property. Um, but, you know, what we try to get across to them and basically reiterate this as much as you want is that somehow we have to maintain, um, you know, the system to make this water flow where we want it to flow instead of flooding everybody out. And when you're at the top of the hill, you don't really want to pay because it's not your property at the bottom of the hill that's flooding, all of those issues. So you've done something quite great in, in crafting this legislation. And that is you've created a way to have all kinds of more local input if we're going to have these new tools accessible to us. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, sort of your, your thought process on that and how you are bringing in more communities and more voices to help us manage this better? Sure. The first thing I want to talk about is the assessment part of this. And so... Stormwater is a lot trickier than like sanitary system where you flush your toilet or your drinking water where you turn on your faucet. In most situations, you're paying for that if you have a public system. Um, but with drainage, you're also using a public system for where your stormwater goes, but you're oftentimes not, you're not paying a monthly bill or an annual bill for that. You're only paying for it when there's a drain and when there's work on it. And so it's the same type of infrastructure and utilities and Michiganders just aren't used to paying for something that's vital. And now we're to the point in, in the state of our situation where we have to spend more money on this and we have to take care of it. And there needs to be um, payments by the property owners to deal with that much like there is for when you use your a sanitary sewer system and when you use your water system. There is no general fund money for stormwater except for state highways and some money for county road commissions. And state highways and road commissions take on people's drainage, but they're only responsible for their own road drainage, not the whole subdivision or areas. And so we need, um, we need money to assist with making sure that people's basements don't flood or do the best that we can to try to address that. So that's why we have these assessments and they're based on contribution. Whoever uses that drainage system needs to help pay for that drainage system or for the management of it, like in chapter 22. And, and it, that's what those assessments like, are for. That's a lot like roads, right? I mean, we, we all put gas in our car, except for those that have electric vehicles, but you're still paying registration. You're still paying you know, for the use of that, but that money goes to help with the roads and maintaining that infrastructure. And so just because you don't necessarily see the water on the road, it doesn't mean that it's not there and doesn't need to be drained. Um, you know, I mean, if we don't drain it, we're not gonna have roads anyway. I mean, it's a vital part of our infrastructure. So because it's not treated like a traditional utility or, um, you know, not everybody is actually thinking about, you know, the impact and the damage that water can do doesn't mean that it doesn't have to be managed, right? Exactly. And because there hasn't been an annual or a monthly assessment like we'd have for water and sewer, our, our infrastructure is not up to date as it should be. And we need help. We're at the point in time where 
storm water, rainwater flooding is a big problem that has to be addressed. Um, I don't know if you've had your basement flooded. I have. It is a unbelievably stressful situation to be in. And I've sat through hearing after hearing after hearing through my job working with drain commissioners with people in tears talking about how stressed out they get every time the meteorologist says it's going to rain because they know they're going to flood. Um, first time home buyers in tears, we've saved up our, you know, we use our life savings to buy this house and it floods. Um, something, something needs to be done. And so to answer your second question about getting more public input. So when you want to use a whole watershed, the whole watershed should be involved in planning. And so unlike the other parts of the drain code where that's up to the drain commissioner to do a lot of the scope decisions and, um, and get input. We're switching it up this time for the chapter 22 because we're involving local municipalities significantly more than we are in other parts of the drain code um, to help put together a proposed plan. And um, putting a proposed plan out for public comment, having the ability for advisory committees where necessary to deal with specific issues, whether it's um, an issue in an agricultural area dealing with how to better utilize tile systems with agricultural landowners involved or in urban areas, maybe it's an advisory committee dealing with uh, environmental justice issues. It just depends on the specific needs of that watershed. Yeah, I mean, because not everywhere is the same, right? I mean, I think Southeast right. Michigan and I think, you know, four lane, six lane roads and all kinds of, you know, concrete buildings, you know, just strip malls, you name it, you know, subdivision after subdivision. And then you go up north and you have much more rural land, but that doesn't mean that they're not also dealing with some flooding issues and and roads that maybe need better, better drainage and we need to slow it down. And I remember seeing up in the upper peninsula an entire road washed out from a snow and rain event and just crumbled it and people couldn't get to their homes and had to use outhouses. So anyway, I'm being, you know, I clearly believe- It's not it dramatic. Be. It's, I can, I know. you tell me the county that you're in, I can tell you a situation where we've had drainage issues that are significant and extremely stressful to property owners that we need to now start dealing with in a way different than we've always dealt with it. And so um, this is a step in the right direction. It is adding tools to the toolkit. Will it prevent flooding in Michigan? Is it gonna be required everywhere in the state? No, it's going to be a tool that can assist communities that are taking the step to petition for this process to try to implement some of these things. And so, I mean, you mentioned a lot of them earlier. You know, you mentioned buffer strips, and retention basins and rain gardens. Um, that sounds a lot cheaper than pipe underground and digging up people's yards and moving, you know, a ton of heavy equipment and all that kind of stuff. I mean, do you, I, I, what, what do you think? I mean, talk to them a little bit about how you structured, like how they can pick the options and, and really is this maybe a little bit more, um, affordable of a way to help manage some of this? Well, so I think that's the idea. So let's say you have a drain and you have flooding in that in that watershed and 
the drain can only get so big either because one, it's pipe and you um, don't have enough room with the other utilities to make it any bigger or it's open ditch and you need eagle permits and there's different environmental reasons where it can't get bigger. And bigger may help in some situations, but you're gonna have flooding until it gets to that because there might be road flooding or subdivision issues, et cetera, that we can't deal with just by making the drain bigger. So this will help with um, figuring that out or you have a lake that's taking water in from all, all over the watershed. And we might want um, a wetland area to store in clean water before it goes into the inland lake to stop flooding and maybe deal with some of the water quality issues they have there. So what the idea is to make it very watershed specific. And if there's a petition and it's found that there's some need, then the board can put together a plan. And the plan would be, Here's what we have going on that's very particular to our watershed. These are the issues that we're dealing with. And so these types of issues in Gladwin County may look very different than in um, Oakland County. Maybe in some situations, if we're dealing with an inland lake, they're not very different, but we, we need to look at that. And then, then he, the, the consultant or the watershed council, whoever's working with the board can say, okay, here are 15 things, as an example, that could be done in this watershed to help. And they could be shovel to dirt projects like um, regional detention, storing water. It could be, there's one wetland left, let's get a conservation easement over it so that it doesn't get developed. Um, that could happen. It could be buffer strips. It could be a number of different things and we lay these things out. It could be, oh my goodness, none of these townships have stormwater ordinances and we need to prevent more of this from happening. Let's work with them or let's produce some brochures for property owners how to manage water better at their households. That will help. Um, if 50 people or 100 people start doing something, every little bit that we can take the pressure off the drain is going to help. So each one of those, let's say there's 15, is described and then there's a proposed cost attached to each one of those. We put the proposed plan out, we put it on the website, um, we give, let the community advisory groups, whoever, comment on that. Then the board meets, goes through the public comments, um, makes revisions to the plan as necessary, and then can then can choose to adopt a plan. The plan. Once a plan is adopted, they can take those 15 items and say, "Hmm, items, you know, four, seven, and eight. I think we should do those are affordable. The first two items, I think, might not be great first steps for us, or might be too expensive for what we're looking at." Um, you know, maybe item 12 and 14 are good. Let's go with these five out of the 15 and let's implement those. It does not have to be all 15. It could be, my goodness, here's the plan, but all of these are unaffordable right now. Let's just put it on the shelf. Who knows? This depends on that specific watershed and what they want. Then let's say they pick five of the 15. If they pick five, then we would bid out or have an estimate of cost for those five and then have assessments based, based on benefit, which is primarily um, contribution to the watershed of stormwater from their properties and then levy assessments for that, those specific activities that were laid out in the plan. 
The assessments would go to the state of Michigan for benefit to state highways because our state highways need help um, with managing water before it gets to their drainage systems. Counties for the benefit of county roads, same as in the drain code. Cities, townships, villages for a, a benefit to public health and for city and village streets. And then to property owners based on benefit, which is largely going to be contribution. So that will be acreage, but then it could also be what type of property. And a, a piece of property like an industrial property that's all parking lot and rooftop is gonna pay more per acre, let's say, than a piece of farm field that has that opportunity for infiltration. And that, those decisions will be done by the drain commissioner. Yeah, we're, and we're talking watershed. So we're talking a lot of people are gonna help pay for something that yes. you know, is gonna be less expensive than putting in new pipes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, so, and in some situations, pipe is just not possible. Yes, hopefully it will retain the water before and reduce flooding impacts before it gets to the drain, reduce the cost of drain projects in the future, and then provide a significant water quality benefit by slowing that water down before it gets to the drain. You know, I'm really excited about this. I know we're going to have some hearings coming up soon in the legislature, and they're going to take a look at it. Um, and, you know, we've got good bipartisan support for it. So I'm really quite hopeful. Um, you know, I think, you know, you've really addressed everything. And, and most people we've talked to, all of the interest groups we've had conversations with um, have had some sort of input. And, 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 you know, we've changed things up a little bit to make sure there's, you know, really good representation from local units and those that would have to pay, all kinds of public hearings. I love that. Um, you know, options, you know, potential, you know, the cost, potential costs laid out in each one of those action items so they can pick and choose. I mean, I think you've really done a great job on, on you know, making it as, as workable for all of those who, who may utilize this tool. Um, so next steps are, yep, a couple hearings in the legislature, see if we can get some things moving, um, you know, maybe alleviate some fears on the cost, because I think, you know, it does really sound like it's going to be, um, you know, uh, um, I don't know how to say this, a less expensive and effective way of addressing some of these problems. So I know for one, I'm pretty excited about it, but you've gotten me to be a geek about, you know, drain issues and water management. So there's that. Well, it's, um, almost like, it's almost like your general health and medicine. You can keep throwing money into the symptoms, which is our flooding and our drains, or you can deal with the whole system. And eventually you keep the whole system working in, in that manner is going to be less expensive in the long run. That's what, that's what our hope is. I like it. Well, Stacey, I think we've probably used up all of our time and it's a great issue and I'd love to continue to talk about it. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. If you have any questions, feel free to pick up the phone and call me. I'd be more than happy to talk about it or put you in touch with Stacy, who's the expert on the issue. Um, and with that, Podcast 83 will be back again, hopefully next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Podcast 83. 